Hello, everyone. This is Molly from the Casually Molly Podcast, and I just wanted to introduce you to my friends at the Natty Cat. This one is for you cool cats and kittens who can't get enough of wordplay and fur babies. The Natty Cat's natural soy candles feature inventive scent combinations and glass jars with clever kitties on the labels. Hair purred with locally sourced natural soy wax, the Natty Cat's candles woodwicks create a cozy fireside crackling sound, perfect for curling up on the couch. Remember, for all of your candle and scented oil needs, please visit our friends at the Natty Cat either on Facebook or Instagram. Have you ever wanted to get your shit together? Scrap it, look through the lens and capture it. But first world problems are getting you down. Disabled, salty, need an app to fix that frown. <laughs> well, you can do all those things and so much more. Just grab a seat in the chair or the floor. Sit back, relax, recline. Well, she drops another casual line. You're tuned into Casually Molly with Molly and All right. Welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast. This is your host, Molly Ambergy. Usually we have an episode every Sunday. I know that we took a break last week, but we are back rocking and rolling with the deputy editor of St. Louis Magazine, Amanda Woitis. How are you doing today? Hey, Molly, I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, of course. Well, thank you for uh, joining me. I talked to Amanda earlier and to kind of give a background of how Amanda and I met, that's what usually we talk about in the show, kind of how Mm -hmm. we cross paths if we did. Amanda was very kind and messaged me on Twitter, actually. So I felt (laughs) super excited. And uh, it was during quarantine time. So obviously there wasn't too much going on or maybe there was a lot going on for some people. I felt like I kind of had a mix of both, but Amanda sent me a very nice and yet very professional message about how she was doing a column about Mm. different comedians who, uh, if you are a native here in St. Louis, you've probably seen the new July issue of the A-listers STL mag. And she did a column in there regarding just uh, some things that we comedians were doing (laughs) during the quarantine time. (laughs) So I really appreciate it. I told you earlier, my parents really appreciated it. So, uh, yes, but I, uh, that was again, great. Thank you again. Uh, but I was talking to you earlier and here you are, you are the deputy editor and then you're also a mom, a wife. I mean, you're basically a Renaissance woman. I mean, is there anything that you, like many women we have on this podcast, you know, is there anything you don't do? I think is the question. Oh, I feel like there's so much I don't do leave the house right yeah that's about everybody's situation right now (laughs) Um, yeah just not out and about in the public uh sphere too much anymore but yes yeah we're we're making do yeah absolutely yeah yeah well, you asked me what I was doing during quarantine, but I guess, Amanda, what I'll ask you, what was, uh, what's was what been keeping you busy during this time? Are you writing? Um, I noticed you have like a bunch of different credits, which we'll get into in a second. But, uh, you know, a lot of people have been starting a podcast during quarantine, quarantine or, chronicle, or chronicalizing, whatever you want to call their quarantine stories. Are you doing anything of the sort or what's uh, what's been keeping you busy other than your cute little soon-to-be one-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I feel like 
this quarantine is there's definitely like two groups of people like there's um people with like young children or maybe like a little bit children who just need a lot of attention maybe like that age range and all you're doing is trying to like keep them alive like my son recently learned how to climb on things oh my how's that going (laughs) oh my god luckily he's very good at it so he hasn't fallen Fallen. yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um very smart he knows how to push things up like against the sofa so that he can climb onto that thing and then like I went to go fill up my coffee. I was gone for two seconds and I found him and he was like sitting on the back of the sofa. And I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then like there's this other group of people in quarantine and they're like learning how to like, um, like my friend learned how to rollerblade and like do all of the, like I feel there's like quarantine hobbies, like rollerblading, baking bread. I was on the bread baking train for like, two weeks and then, I <laughs> and then um, you know <laughs> i had this sourdough starter i i thought that you could just like leave a sourdough starter and nothing would go wrong it's i think i left this thing sitting on my windowsill for like three weeks it smelled like a dead body oh geez Ooh. Still not like my kitchen smells so i like <laughs> messed that up um, <laughs> are like oh you're a writer like you write like I just like yeah I'm constantly writing but it's all for work like I don't (laughs) (laughs) so basically we're not going to expect the next cookbook from you know Amanda Woidas regarding sourdough bread (laughs) with the bread starter (laughs) don't worry I'm not doing that either I that's the thing so I was doing and this is going to sound so pretentious but I was doing the keto diet before quarantine and it was like, yeah, right. Exactly. Just nod your head. It's like, you know, and I, you know, you don't have any bread, you do a lot of protein. Right. And then of course quarantine happened and I was like, well, you know, forget that. I'm just going to start. I was like, no one's going to see me anyway. But I, uh, I was working during quarantine at a hotel because we were essential. So the only people would see me would either be like people who had to, leave like doctors and like people who like were you know frontline workers things like that and then just like random people who didn't (laughs) believe in the lockdown and I was like they're not gonna care either way if I'm eating any bread so it's fine I haven't made any I just bought it from Aldi so props (laughs) to you for getting out there and making some bread um what I'll ask you right (laughs) what I'll ask you is you said you were a writer. We know about your professional title, but why don't you, for our listeners, give a kind of a casual backstory to who you are, where you're from, and uh, kind of how you are the Amanda Woitis we see today. Oh, my. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like you said, I'm the deputy editor of St. Louis Magazine. Um, I started in this role almost two years ago. Um, my husband and I had been living out in New York for eight years and we just kind of decided that we wanted to own a house. Um, We're both from the St. Louis area. So it's, it's kind of that like tug, you get pulled back. Oh yeah. I always say the arch is like a magnet and it just kind of brings you back in. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so we were just like, well, it would be great to like own a home. And um, it's, it's kind of funny because we were, we were like, oh, we can, we can like live it up in St. Louis. Like we'll go out all the time and like have, you know, like a lot of money to like spend. Like 
make this really nice house. And now, so like I immediately, um, we moved back. I immediately got pregnant. So there, there went like all of the extra money. (laughs) (laughs) We bought this like fixer upper in Webster Groves. Okay. So like, we have no money. Like we, I can't believe we pay like this much. Um, and now we're like quarantined. So, like we can't do anything anyway. So like this is working out really well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so let well, me ask you, you're talking about a fixer upper. Do you do the repairs for it or are you having people come in and do it? Or is it a little bit of both? So we, it's a little bit of both. We bought this house um, in like January of 20, I guess it would have been January of 2019. And it just really needed a lot of work. Um, it was the like cheapest property by far in Webster Groves. We were like, we're going to be just like Webster Groves bums. <laughs> we're going to take this old gross house and like, you know, kind of remodel. Like the kitchen needed a lot of work. My husband and I both like cooking. So we were like, we're going to redo the kitchen right away. And we hired this man. To, <laughs> <laughs> um, our realtor actually recommended. He was like, I flip houses with this guy. He's great. I don't know if we just like got our wires crossed, but like the man who did the work in our kitchen was a nightmare. He had like, he would just like kind of come and go, like never really any firm plans. Like we wanted, um, we like knocked down this wall and we wanted, our house has a lot of like, um, like it has plaster walls, it's an older home. It has sort of like arches that open up from room to room. Which all sounds very beautiful, but this is like, yeah, it sounds great. And that's the thing. My boyfriend also flips houses. He's flipping one right now in St. Peter's and he wants me to move out there, but I mean, it's St. Peter's, so I don't really want to move out there. It's so far, right? And he knows that I feel about this. So this is like not a secret. So when he watches this, he's going to be like, oh, there she goes again, hating on St. Peter's. And (laughs) for those of you who aren't familiar with the, uh, like the area of St. Louis. Um, Webster Groves is super cute. I used to um, work out there. There was a theater company that's no more, but it was called Insight Theater Company and it used to run out of Nearing High School. So I spent a lot of time out in Webster Groves. I, uh, Cyrano's was like a hot spot I used to go to. Yeah. And then of course there's the Weber's Grill <laughs> that's out there as well. Uh, but they, uh, I don't know if you've heard of the Parkmore that just opened up out there. Ooh, yeah. Like right down the Yes, I know the manager, Frank Romano. He's great. So yes, if you ever go in, just tell him that Molly said hi. (laughs) But I haven't had a chance to check it out either. But when I used to work at the hotel, he managed the restaurant that was attached to where I am. So yes, if you're a St. Louis native, that applies to you and you should go see the park more. Not sponsored, we just support. (laughs) Um, Why I'm laughing about your story though is it's just like you do get these fixer uppers, right? Because a lot of like Midwestern cities like St. Louis, I'm originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. It like, it looks great on HGTV. I tell my boyfriend that all the time. I mean like Chip and Joanna Gaines, they're adorable. Who doesn't love them? But they have like a team of people. And then when you try to do it just like individually on your own, it takes like a few years under your belt. So when you do that, I can only imagine when you're like, you've got your husband who's like working with you as a team and then you have a baby and you're trying to provide the space for you guys to be in. And then of course this ding-a-ling comes in <laughs> and it's just like a whole, putting it nicely, it's just kind of a, a whole mess. But were we able to recover from that? <laughs> we eventually moved in. I was like 36 weeks pregnant. 
Um, <laughs> needless to say, we like never unpack, like still haven't unpacked. Um, the house looks like it's, there's no one room that's finished, which is fine. Like we'll get around to it eventually. Um, we were able to kind of, I mean, he would like, we, we were like, we really want this window gone. We want like a window that fits the wall better. And he replaced this window and like the sill was up to here. Like I couldn't get out of it. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. Like, drywall arch and it was like craggy. And I was like, we're literally like, this is St. Louis. Like I wanted to send him a photo of the arch and be like, it's smooth. <laughs> oh man. Oh, so that just kind of shows too. It just probably, I don't know. That That's crazy. I'm really sorry that that happened. <laughs> so. It's fine. I am like, it, it's not a big deal. Like we, we eventually got it all ironed out. And, but my husband and I like still talk about this guy and like what a crazy experience that was. Um, and I haven't really, I've like, I had a friend message me and she was like, oh, can you recommend like the contractor who did work on your kitchen? Like we're, we're thinking about it. And I was like, I really can't, like, I'm sorry. I wouldn't do that to you. You're a nice person. And she was like, it's so funny. Like every single person who I've asked, they're like, no, sorry. Like we had a really bad experience. I'm like, is contracting the next sort of industry to be disrupted? Like, no one has a good experience. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, here's the thing. If you're listening to this podcast and you're really good at contracting a kitchen, please message Amanda. You can even email us if you want. And then that way we'll just promote you. Hell, sponsor us if you want. <laughs> we'll put you at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. Um, but what I'll what I'll ask you too is, you know, you've, you've been surviving quarantine, but uh, I'll ask you too kind of about like your career and whatnot. A lot of people sure. will listen to this too. And they'll relate to you being in motherhood for sure. Also like buying a house. Um, what maybe people will ask is that they'll be like, why writing? Why did you choose writing as a career? Um, oh my gosh, that's such a good question. I think it was a combination of like, do you remember that show? I feel like we're around the same age. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love like, it. Serena was on her like college newspaper and I was like, okay, yeah, I like if I can't be a witch, I'm gonna be like a writer. <laughs> Those are our <laughs> options, right? If we can't yeah. be a witch, we'll just be a writer. Thank you, Sabrina. <laughs> I was also really obsessed with that. Um, do you know what that old Nickelodeon show is called Nick News? Yes. Oh, I yeah. know all of you're probably gonna name every show from my childhood, and anybody yeah. that's gonna watch the video is gonna see us just going Yes, remember that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but what, so was that, uh, I guess, like, isn't that kind of funny too when you watch something as a child, even though that was like a scripted thing? Like, that's the thing about yeah. kind of, they, not to sound cliche, but like art can mirror real life. And I bet you, like, putting a woman in a powerful position like that, I mean, yes, she was a witch and like, that's cool and all, <laughs> but she was also like a writer on her paper. And that's kind of cool to see because now here you are doing your thing. Yeah, I mean, I definitely owe my career to, like, Melissa Joan Hart. Like, you know. <laughs> we'll have to, like, I'll tag her in this. I'll be like, thank you, Melissa yeah. Joan Hart, for uh, playing all these cool roles that inspired us. Uh, did you want a black cat, too? Like, Salem that yeah, talked to you? I remember, like, being obsessed with the cat, but I was definitely, do you remember her room? Like, how yes. it was so cool? Oh. Like, 
She had yeah, the cool room absolutely. that everybody wanted. Yes. Do you remember how Larissa explains it all? Like that was very much, mm-hmm. sort of, again, like Melissa Joan Hart, I owe it all. Um, yeah. But like, I definitely wanted that kind of like aesthetic, but my mom always dressed me in like very sort of like preppy, like my room was like overly sort of decorated. I always oh, yeah. wanted to be like, just like do my own thing and like have my own stuff like Clarissa and Sabrina, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, well, I feel the same way because I mean, as you can see, I've got like this red fiery hair, right? But yeah. it's a, it was kind of the same thing where I feel like people, cause I, you know, with comedy and playwriting and whatnot, you do put a lot of writing and thought into that, obviously once yeah. in the word. But I feel like a lot of people who are in like are interested in artistry are kind of like us and will probably relate to what you just said is that like we want to do all these things with our moms, even though they didn't mean it in a uh, and like it was in a loving way. Like I still get in not like arguments with my mom, but we'll still get in debates where she's like, everyone used to wear like a polo with shorts. And I'm like, yeah, man, that wasn't me. Like I went to private school. So that like came with the uniform and that's what everybody kind of wore like in that culture. But then once I got to college and I was doing theater and stuff like that, you start kind of like finding your own and kind of like seeing where your story is and stuff. And that's kind of like with this podcast too. Like I'm sure my parents will listen to it and be like, oh, wow, this is kind of a bizarre topic, but (laughs) okay. (laughs) But uh, I, I, I understand how you feel. I used to watch Alex Mack. I don't know if you remember that. Yes. And I wanted to be her so badly. So when you said all that, I had her books. I wanted to like turn into goo and like, so that's the thing. It's it's funny. You wanted to be a magical witch, which makes much more sense. And I was like, oh, I just want to be this cool person that solves mysteries and turns into goo. So that's where we're at. Larissa Olenek. Yes. Okay. But have you watched the Babysitter's Club reboot on Netflix? What? Chris, have you watched the Babysitter's Club reboot? I don't know if that would be legal. (laughs) (laughs) No, I actually saw it advertised and I haven't seen it yet. Have you seen it? No, I finished it all last week. I'm like, that would be good. (laughs) I was super, super into the Babysitter's Club and I wanted nothing more than like to have a group of friends and like babysit and also have like a landline in my room. Yes. Because of Claudia's landline. So that was... Yeah, that was that movie was everything. Yes, yeah. and it was like so it was was, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh my god! I eventually get there. <laughs> no, I do too. Chris knows I like ramble a lot when we start talking about <laughs> stuff. But uh, oh, but back to what we were talking about. Speaking of, so you saw Nickelodeon just like I did. This is how we ended up where we are today. Thank you. <laughs> so you wanted to be a writer, and then what happened from there? Um, so I went to um, Mizzou for J school and I ended up staying there. This was, I graduated undergrad in like 2010. So the economy had crashed. Um, journalism, I feel like is always just kind of in this, it was when like online journalism was kind of becoming more prominent. People didn't know how to monetize it. They still don't really know how to monetize it. Um, magazines were folding. I remember sitting in a lecture hall when like Gourmet closed and everyone was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, It didn't seem like a great time to graduate and like start my career in this like dying industry. So I stayed, so I was like, well, I'll just 
dig my heels in and I got a master's in journalism. <laughs> Keep it going. Like, yes. <laughs> and so then part of my master's program was to, um, I had to have, I had to take an internship. I just love that like part of the degree program was to take like unpaid work. Like when are we, how, how is this a thing? But Oh yeah, I, I understand that feeling, wow. continue. <laughs> um, so I, but I'm actually, I'm super grateful for that opportunity because I ended up interning at the Riverfront Times. Nice. And um, Sarah Fenske was the managing editor at that time. Um, and she, I had applied for this job at the Village Voice in New York City just thought it was a long shot um, and they like gave me the copy test and then they ended up calling the Riverfront Times, the Village Voice and the Riverfront Times at that point were owned by the same parent gotcha. company. So mm -hmm. They were kind of like sister publications. And I remember like the editor in chief was on vacation. So like Sarah took the call and she's just such a wonderful, like lovely, like positive, enthusiastic person. And go she Sarah, there like, yeah, <laughs> you go. Um, and she like recommended me where I'm not sure like anyone else would have done that. Like I was 22, this was a management position. I'm not even really sure. I feel like they were, they were just like, we need a body, get someone in here. Um, but the editor in chief of the village voice called me and he was like, so you want to like, like, I, I don't even, he was just like, um, Tony Ortega, editor in chief of the Village Voice. Do you want to come uh, move here and work for us? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah okay. um, and so he gave me like two weeks to pack everything I own. Like I just like put everything into two suitcases and went out to New York and like found an apartment and started working at the Village Voice. And it was such a um, like such a wonderful experience, but also just I mean. You ever think back and like at how stupid you must have seen <laughs> all the time? I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, man, some decisions I made in my early 20s are still haunting me. I'm gonna go make some popcorn. It's fine. Like how green I was, and like I had never really spent much time in New York City. Like I didn't know I had been there like a couple of times, but I didn't know what I was doing. And this was where like, did you live out. in New York City? At first, I lived on the Upper East Side, and okay. then when, so I lived in, like, it had to have been, like, 200 square feet of space, and I was paying $16 oh, yeah. a month. Yeah. Yeah. My mom's yeah. from Queens, New York, so that's why I asked, and then yeah. I, I went there for four days by myself a few it's almost three years ago. Ooh. But yeah, I went there. I, I, I always think it's like yesterday, but it's yeah. uh, you when you go when you're older, I totally got how you felt because I've been to New York before, like with my family and stuff, like being Italian, being from there. But yeah. then when you go alone and you're navigating the subway by yourself and I'm like, ew, I was, what was I doing? But I feel like you have to have those green experiences to kind of like make that story. So that way when you turn, you know, now that you're a mom and everything, you can kind of pass that on to your climbing one-year-old and be like, so here's what mom did in New York. Here's what happened. Yeah, I'm like, he's probably not, like, when he's old enough to even understand that, like, 
I had a career and like we, my husband and I like lived in Brooklyn for eight years. Like he's just going to be like, what? You guys were cool at one point. Like that's right. going to <laughs> <gonna, laughs> be like, what happened? <laughs> what happened? What do you mean? Yeah. I say that to my mom all the time. I'm like, why did you leave? Like still, I'm like, why did you leave New York? And she's like, yeah, she's I was, re- well, see, that's why I said, she was like, yeah. I just got tired of it. And I went to school at UK and then I ended up staying in Ohio. And like, I'm so grateful, obviously, for yeah. my childhood in Cincinnati. And it's still one of my favorite cities, but it's like, it's definitely, I definitely had that reaction at some point. So get ready <laughs> for oh, that. It's- heartbreaking when he's like why did you like New York's so cool like why did you and we're gonna be like (laughs) well uh St. Louis is pretty cool too so there you go that's uh like I said you have the magnet keeps you here but uh what I'll ask you you had mentioned a kind of a transfer from written journalism to like online publication and I feel like that's something that I always struggled with because I studied communications journalism and theater in uh, college. And then I ended up doing more theater. So don't feel bad. And you're like, oh, I went and got a master's. I'm like, I didn't even finish my master's. So it's all right. <laughs> and I was doing theater. And like, you know, sometimes I, I second guess, like you're like following your dreams and stuff. And you're like, is that oh, the right idea? All the time, right? But yeah. uh, what I'll kind of ask you is, you know, it's weird because like th- there's something really nice about like picking up the New York Times, right? And like, reading it in print or even even the St. Louis magazine, like that, all those issues, at least in my opinion, and I'm not just saying this because I'm sitting with you, they're just so beautiful. Like the, the way the presentation is and how it looks is just gorgeous. And you just see it when you look at the magazine shelf, even in a, a CVS, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then like, it's so easy to look at articles just on your phone and especially with things like Facebook and Twitter and even Instagram now when they have like news accounts. What's nice about that is that you have like a, just like a click to see a headline and then the headline, I don't know, it's kind of a weird situation. So how is journalism, I guess, in your opinion, balancing that print world and that online world and if there even is a balance, I guess? I mean, I will agree with you. Like the the print magazine is so, especially a St. Louis magazine, like we're really lucky. We have a creative director, an art director. We have a staff photographer, which is really, really rare at magazines. Mm -hmm. Um, The last last two magazines I worked at before, um, St. Louis Magazine, Newsweek, and then Food and Wine, we had photo editors, but we didn't have a staff photographer. It was all freelance. You were just kind of like, in some ways, that that's great. And we also use freelance photographers at St. Louis because, sure. you know, you're bringing new people into the fold and, like, that's yeah. important visually. Um, but I will say, like, the magazine in the print experience, it's, it's curated. It's sort of visually interesting. Um, online budgets just aren't as robust as print. So we're just kind of at the mercy of, like, <laughs> right. and right. And like, what what else do we do? Like Shutterstock. Um, so sometimes it's hard. Oh and yeah. You get, like, beautiful illustrations in print. Like we would never have the budget to hire an illustrator for just something that was running online. Oh totally. So it's you know online is really from like my standpoint. Like online is really exciting because you can respond to things that are happening in real time, and in the year that we're living in, like that's, that's very important. Um, 
print. Print has its drawbacks to our, you know, the July issue just came out of St. Louis Magazine. We shipped that like, it felt, it feels like two months ago. It was probably almost two months ago. So if you think like, oh, wow, we're planning for the July issue in like April, <laughs> April, <laughs> May, it's really hard to sort of like stay relevant. And I think it's kind of, it's to our credit that we're able to do that. Um, I feel like the magazines feel pretty timely um, and good. It's just, I mean, this is like the eternal question in journalism right now is that people, like you say, there are still people who want to pay for like a physical product and they see value in like having a stack of New Yorkers to just like leisurely. Yeah, that's the person I'm referring to. And I know people who still receive a hard copy of that specifically just because of the history that comes with the New Yorker. And when when I was in New York, I saw like, there was, I forget what museum I was in. I'm drawing a blank, but they showed a bunch of like different covers from those periods. I think it was actually at the 9-11 Memorial and they showed the New Yorker from that time. And I feel like sometimes with print pieces, it documents history. So in my, and this is just my opinion. This is no reflection of Amanda or being a deputy editor. So (laughs) this is just on Casually Molly. Um, What I will just say is like, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes that's documented history. And like, even though online is so easy, right. And like you have such easy access to like see things. And I've been so grateful to have um, people come from online uh, sources here, then review some of my plays and whatnot. And it's so easy to share those reviews and just go, here's so-and-so from the Riverfront Times that like came and saw blah, 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 blah. And then just share it, you know, but it's a, I don't know. It's like a weird I guess like it's just not a weird, but just an interesting transition, I think is what I'm saying in between both. But I feel like, at least in my opinion, and you can comment on this, that we'll always maybe need both unless something changes. Am I wrong? What do you think? That's interesting. Um, I feel like it's people are, it depends on the medium too. Like, Sure, you- I agree. The St. Louis Post-Dispatch has, you know, if you're thinking about it daily, they're just updating constantly. Totally. With us, it's sort of like the magazine has, you know, we have a finite number of pages. So it's like the bar to, the bar to clear to get in the magazine has to be, it's pretty high, right? Because mm-hmm. we only do 12 issues a year. I only have eight pages total for my sections. It's like you want to put the absolute best, um, the things that we really think like our readers are going to love this and want to consume it. And I don't know what the answer is to keep that. Of course, I only put things on the website that I think people are going to like. Yeah. Really essential or like they're really going to love it. Or I think it's really, you know, something that they should go out and do and see. But we just put so much more time and energy and money into making that print magazine. And sometimes it's frustrating. I came from Newsweek where I worked solely online. And I do feel like people sort of think about online journalism as like a necessary evil, right? Like we have <laughs> yeah. the year of our Lord 2020, like we have to have a website, we have to have things to put on it. But you're right. It's like the resources kind of go to that print magazine. And I, 
feel like we just want, I just want like people to see the website with the same like admiration and respect that they have for that print magazine. Um, so 100%. will we both? Yeah. Probably until people start, you know, wanting to pay for it. Like I watched some of this discourse on Twitter, especially with like the Post-Dispatch and people just don't want to pay for news. Um, people think that it's, I guess people think this is easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, I trust me that I've had that set because I, uh, so obviously studying journalism too, I also took yeah. a photojournalism class and Ooh. it was, yeah. So, I mean, I, I have so much appreciation for journalists. So that's why I really appreciate you and what you do, which is why I'm asking you all these questions. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's true. It's, it's not easy. And for people who are listening, who are interested in what Amanda does and writing, it's not, there's so much that just goes into, even though she's like, oh, you know, we only have like 12 issues or there's so much that goes into just those 12 issues. And then I don't know, there's, I just really appreciate it. And I, I understand that it's not the easiest, but especially why I say that photojournalism, I was like, oh, this is going to be such an easy course. I'm going to be just fine. And then I realized how much effort goes into photojournalism that I started getting really into it. Like he would give you, yeah, yeah like a topic to use. And, um, one of them was, uh, print versus technology. And so I took like a textbook, but I took my friend's Kindle and I just had the book. And then on one side was the text. And then on the other side was the Kindle. But I had to like, you you know, you think like, oh, that's just like an easy Instagram photo, which like, who knows, maybe now it might be. But when I had to use like the actual camera and get the lighting right and everything, just to, it took like a few million takes just to get that yeah. one photo. So I totally get what you're talking about and I, I really appreciate it. Um, mm. Well, I'll ask you something a little bit lighter. Have you oh. ever had like a piece or a person that you've interviewed that's been kind of the highlight of your career that you feel really happy about or really proud about? Oh, hello. There she is. Um, that's such a good question. I probably at the magazine very, very early on, I got to, this was when the Kahinda Wiley exhibit opened up at Slam. Mm -hmm. um, the famous fine artist who paints um, portraits of Black Americans in sort of like this traditional um, portraiture style that you would see. I'm really bad with time, like Renaissance maybe, I don't know. Um, <laughs> That's okay. So, yeah. Um, but they had a, you know, a collection of his portraits that he had, he had gone around like North County and I think North City and painted these, you know, beautiful portraits of people that he met on the street. And um, so he was there, it was opening, he was giving sort of lectures for the press. So we all came and like got to walk around the galleries with him. And I had asked at the beginning if we would get like solo time and they were like, no, no. And um, I always come overly prepared in most cases. So I like typed up questions just in case. And like, sure enough, which I was super grateful for, um, the the communications officer at SLAM was like, oh, he has some, he has some time. And so they got some of us um, in to like sit with him one-on-one. -on -one. And it was so nerve wracking because um, you know, it was that restaurant that's in Slam. I'm forgetting what it's 
I know. Call. I forget it too, but I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was like a private sort of dining room and he was like sitting at this huge table and he had, there were like 10, 15 sort of like reps. And I don't even know who these people were, but they were like sitting behind me. So it felt like we had an audience, um, but it was like, he was so warm and lovely and just, I mean, the best, the, it's really cool when you get to talk to someone like him, like Chelsea Clinton, like Ellie Kemper. Um, those have all been great. I got to interview Linda Ellerby for this podcast that I did. Um, but honestly, like, I just love talking to people who sort of like want to share their stories and are excited about what they have to say. Like, that's what makes a really good, that's the best part of my job is meeting people, especially with like culture writing, like finding out sort of like the interior lives of people who are makers and her, who are doing really cool, important things in our city. Like that's, that's everything. That's the best part. Yes, I agree. I think like, I, and that's, I mean, I'm sure as you can see, I just like love human interest pieces. So that's why, I mean, the <laughs> tables have turned, Amanda. How does it feel? Yeah. Now you're sharing your story, girl. <laughs> I, I love that. I feel like, uh, that what you know it's always so interesting to hear like who people have talked to just because like there's just some people who I've talked to who have interviewed people like oh yeah like so and so was cool well like they're totally normal they're like a regular person and then yeah. sometimes you have a story where maybe things go awry <laughs> and you're just like how did I handle this but you know that just comes like that comes even with like podcasting journalism even right. like theater comedy like things happen right you just run into people uh, but what I'll ask you is for people who are listening to this, who are interested in writing and kind of where your career path went, um, what's the advice that you would give to the people who are interested in the career that you're pursuing? Um, I think like, it's just so important to read as much as you can and like a wide, a wide variety of things. Um, you know, not just not just magazines, read books, read plays, read poetry. Um, the best jobs, I think like the best part of being a journalist other than, you know, like talking and meeting people is just, you're always learning something um, every day. Even when I worked at, um, at one point I worked at Food and Wine and that was the, that was like, the best place because it wasn't just a food magazine. Like we were a travel magazine. We interviewed people about like their small businesses about, you know, from all over the world. It wasn't even, you know, just the United States and food history is so complex and um, varied and like people's influences are really interesting. And I just felt I was always learning something there. And, um, you know, just be open to to learning something that you might not be. I wasn't that interested in food and I came away with like such a wonderful appreciation for both food and wine. Um, and so just read, like you can, you can tell when people pitch you and they haven't read the magazine. So like, that's important too, is like- <laughs> Oh yeah, gotta be prepared know, for the pitch guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> read our magazine um, and that's just, that's not just in St. Louis, that's everywhere. Yeah. I gotcha. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Read, just yeah. read. Is there a favorite publication that you have? I love New York Magazine. Um, I love the Washington Post. I love, oh my gosh, do you read Catapult? 
online? No. What is that? Okay. So it's this, um, it's this little place in, I don't want to say it's a little place. It's this great place in, um, New York city. And they teach, you can teach, you can take like online writing classes and you can take them in person too. But for the purposes of this podcast, probably online is what people want to do. And they publish, they used to publish a quarterly, I think they still do, but they post just the, these beautiful like essays and just a lot, like not even just, it's not strictly journalism, it's fiction, nonfiction. Um, and it, it, that publication is amazing. I love it so much. Um, and it's so cool that you can also like take pretty much all of the courses are taught by people who write for it. So it's like, if you want to really figure out, you know, someone, how a writer that you like, how their brain works, um, you can actually like learn from them. And that's, I love that place. So that's my recommendation. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. I may even look into it. Why not? So there you go. Sounds good to me. Uh, well, Amanda, I really appreciate your time sitting with us. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah, of course. So what we always ask our guests, or, you know, when I remember that happening, um, is, uh, first of all, is there anything that you like to promote, like social media wise? Is there anywhere that we can follow you or anything like that? Yeah, um, thanks for asking. So my Twitter handle is just my first and last name, Amanda. My last name's a little tricky. It's W-O-Y-T-U-S. Um, St. Louis Magazine, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. Um, as far as stuff the magazine has coming up, um, you can check out, we're gonna have our annual A-list party. Um, our July issue is always our A-list. It's sort of like the best in the region in dining, entertainment. Um, we pull out the people and institutions that are really doing like incredible, fun, amazing work. Um, and then our readers also chime in with their picks. So typically we would all gather for our big A-list party in July. Obviously COVID has changed that, so we're doing it virtually. And then that will be streaming on the 29th at 6 p.m. And you can just go to our website to find out more and it's, it's free to register. Um, I think we have some really cool guests coming up there. And then on the 21st, I'm going to be doing a live interview with um, Janet Evra, who's a Kranzberg music um, artist in residence, and she has mm -hmm. a new single coming out. So same thing. Yeah, I know. I'm terrified that we're going to have to like sing a duet. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm the interview, but I always get really nervous that like something, like something's going to be sprung on me and I'm going to have to like, I definitely can't sing. It's like awful, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that you're great. You're going to be wonderful. I, you know what? I, I think that's always the funniest thing about these interviews too, is that like sometimes, and you know, I won't ask you to sing, but I've definitely done that in the past for like, uh, you'll have somebody be like, oh, like, do you do such and such? I'm like, please don't put me on the spot, but thank you. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I, did, I did a live interview with Justin Willman um, that we recorded and I was so nervous that he, I was like, I know he's going to ask for me to like name a card in the deck of cards when he's like doing magic. And I was like, what if I like panic and I say something that's not an actual thing? <laughs> right? It's like you forget, yeah. like you're like, uh, um, four of spades. Is that a thing? Yeah. Like, okay. So like, hopefully she doesn't ask me to sing. Um, but that's going to be July 21st at six. And again, there's more information on the website. Um, 
yeah, so that's, that's what I've got coming up. Oh, well, great. Well, we're excited about that. I'll make sure <laughs> to uh, post everything about that. And then also, what are you going to casually do now, now that our interview has ended? So my, like, God willing, my son might sleep like a little bit longer and maybe I can put some laundry. I lead a very exciting life, like maybe put some laundry away. Um, he's obsessed with the dishwasher, like climbing inside of it. So like <laughs> when he sleeps, we have to get like all the dishes in the dishwasher. Um, and then I think it's supposed to be hot. Maybe we'll do the kiddie pool. That sounds Living it up. I like yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's when you know. Yeah. <laughs> Just living your, that's what I always say. It's like, you know, when you're an adult is like, like I got a new printer and I was like, oh my God, this is the best day of my whole life. I got a new printer. Like I used to be so fun. And now if I can print off a PDF with like, without yeah. having an error light pop up, I'm like, this is Alex Mack 2.0 guys, <laughs> turning into goo and printing off documents. I'm excited. <laughs> this is the adulthood that we dreamed of. I'm not a witch, but <laughs> I got this old one across in Webster Groves. Absolutely, right? You've got this yeah. fixer upper. I do have like my dream loft in the city that I definitely saw on like many art shows. And I was like, oh, I want one. So at least like there are certain there things did happen, you know, maybe yeah. we can't, we don't have magical powers, but thank you, Absolutely. Melissa Joan Hart for uh, sticking it out and uh, making it sure. <laughs> right? And now we do have our dream rooms, hopefully. And again, if you know a contractor that can help Amanda out <laughs> Yeah, I really need to finish this house. It's like, <laughs> let us know. Well, yeah. thank you so much. And you just oh, have you. a lovely rest of your day. I appreciate your time. <laughs> have a good one. Bye. 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 <laughs>